your business. Parker Mellinger has been providing professional valuation services since 1995. Schedule an appointment today to discuss how a business valuation can work for you. Parker Mellinger, located at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. This public service message is presented by BHJ Property Management at 101 South Main. Hey kids, what time is it? It's back to school time. Look at all those smiling parents. Hey, this is Edward from Sheridan County Public Health reminding you to get up to date on your shots. If you or your kids are going back to school, preschool through college, your students may be eligible for low-cost vaccinations with the Vaccine for Children program. Call your health care provider or us at Public Health for more information. 672-5169. Do you think that on tonight's episode of The Bassler, Finn will meet the gill of his dreams? With his intimacy issues, he may never find romance. Oh man, maybe we should just surf the net over to sharedmedia.com and check out the Fisher Bassoff contest instead. The photo contest that runs now through Labor Day? Yeah, you can enter by clicking the contest page, click on the Fisher Bassoff banner, and enter daily for a chance to win a $500 gift card to Shipton's and Blowdorn Lumber. Bet. We can tune it in next week. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. of the American Academy of Family Physics, Physicians, excuse me, a U.S. Army veteran. During his service, he was awarded the Bronze Star. He has worked for the Department of Defense and the VA. He is now a primary care doctor with the Sheridan Memorial Hospital's primary care clinic practicing family medicine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Christopher Pryor. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Now, uh, have, have you been enjoying the summer weather? It's been uh, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> when we do get it. Uh, I mean, it's it's been a pretty wet year. Yeah. Uh, now, where were you born in the world? I was originally born in New York. I grew up between New York City and West Point. Oh, wow. In the Hudson Valley. So. Now, was any of this like an agricultural background? Or was it more urban? Uh, no, I'd say more suburban. Suburban so, type yeah, background. So we're about 20 minutes outside New York City or the Bronx, and 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 about twenty minutes uh, south of uh, West Point. So, what was your upbringing like? I mean, was it uh, a pretty good childhood? Pretty good running around suburbia, New York? Yeah, yeah no, I think that I think it was like most of the suburban kids. I mean, uh, you know, the parents decide to try to get a better life and uh, move out move out of the city to suburbia. So you had a. Um, blue-collar people, uh, tough kids, uh, played a lot of sports. I mean, a lot of young kids running around, so they had a lot of athletic activities for the you know, kids to participate in. I was the youngest of five, and uh, I have a twin brother. And uh, growing up in New York, as an Irish Catholic kid, usually you have two choices, either you're a cop or a fireman, right? <laughs> so, uh, and then I ended up um, doing a little different, went into the military, and. But I think growing up near West Point, that's something that I always thought about doing. And believe it or not, even though uh, I grew up near West Point, I had applied to the Air Force Academy and and I had gotten into the academy. And my choices for colleges became between the Air Force Academy and Dartmouth College up in New Hampshire. Uh, Ultimately, I elected to go to Dartmouth. I grew up playing a sport called lacrosse. It's 
relatively new out here. But um, I wanted to play the best lacrosse that I could. And at that time, I thought uh, it was better at, at Dartmouth. And so uh, I went and played there. And then um, I came back to New York, to New York for uh, medical school. And I did that on what's called the HPSP, or Health Professional Scholarship Program. It's kind of like ROTC for college. HPSP is for medical school. And then uh, after that, then I was on active duty. And I think it was the best of both worlds. I had an opportunity to have a, a civilian or a normal college life, and then I had an opportunity to have a military life as well. Yeah. It, now, I read that you were an EMT at just 16 years old. Yeah. What, what inspired you to get involved in medicine trauma care at that age? Yeah, so uh, gr- growing up in New York, uh, we... Uh, my oldest brother had a landscaping business. I mean, he's a he's a retired police officer, but we um, had a landscaping business, and and people get cut, people get hurt, and I think that and playing sports, I always wanted to be able to handle whatever came my way, and uh, so that's kind of gradual into becoming an EMT, and we're working for the volunteer ambulance corps, and then working for a private uh, ambulance company after that, and. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. But I think it, it all came down to, you know, some of the most important things that people have in their lives. And, and probably one is health and two is family. And, uh, and I guess I always wanted to keep my family healthy. Most people say that they just want to do good or they want to make people better. But that, that was basically why I went into medicine. It was family. Yeah. Do you remember the moment when you were inspired uh, by someone or something, like the moment that you knew medicine is the the path I'm taking I, I think it's something that you know when you do well in school a lot of people just assume that that's uh, something you're gonna do um, my, my mom was a nurse and I guess that's probably what kind of pushed me a, a, along a lot of the ways is being able to uh, you know be like her yeah so. she probably bandaged a lot of scraped knees and elbows yeah, with five kids yeah well you know it's interesting you know looking back on it when uh, when my parents moved out of the city and moved to a, you know, a suburban environment. So they had three kids at that time. And then um, at that time, believe it or not, I mean, my mom didn't drive. She didn't have a, a driver's license. And my dad was a sales, salesman. He worked for McGraw Hill, the publishing company, and, and uh, he did that for 44 years. But oh, wow. when we first moved to you know, suburbia, uh, we had one car. He took it to work, and she was stuck with the five of us at home. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess that's you know, if something happened, I always went, hey, we got to be able to take care of it. And and I think a lot of the, um, the older population probably had that time. Uh, their parents said only take them to the doctor when they were going to die. You know, yeah, so, absolutely. So, uh, otherwise, you didn't go to the doctor. So, uh, so I think that was a, a little bit of what kind of pointed us in, in in that direction. My my sister my sister is a nurse practitioner as well, and uh, so uh, but I think that's uh, what what pushed us into medicine, and and uh, it's been a rewarding career. Yeah. So. And you said your brother ended up becoming a police officer. Yeah, my oldest brother he's a he's retired now, but he was a, a police officer. Like I said, is a Irish Catholic kid in New York. Kind of have two choices, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> And then my second oldest brother, he, he, yeah, everyone has to have one in the family. He became a lawyer. So, yeah. and then uh, I told you about my sister. And then my twin brother, he teaches phys ed and special ed back in New York. Oh wow! Now, um, at that moment when I mean, you were looking at the Air Force Academy. You went to Dartmouth instead for the lacrosse. Yeah. 
What was it that took you right to the Army itself, where you said, you know what, I'm going to go be a ground pounder? Yeah, no, that's a good question. It's, uh, I guess I always thought about going into the military. Um, you know, I think that's something that our parents always put, pushed into us about some type of public service and, and, and doing good for other people. And believe it or not, I applied growing up near West Point, and I looked at the Air Force Academy, but when it came to the HPSP, that Health Professional Scholarship Program, I applied for all three programs, the Air Force, Navy, and, and the Army. And I can tell you that the, the one that came back the first was the Army, so uh, it was, uh, I remember on March 17, 1994 is when I took the oath and sworn in. So that's, uh, I got the call that day and went and got sworn in. So there wasn't a whole lot of more thought about that. and. You know, I played at Dartmouth. Their color was green. I went to the Army. Their color was green. So to, <laughs> Light green, right? Yeah, so it makes it pretty easy. It goes with anything. So. <laughs> now, when it comes to that program that you were in, uh, do you go to, like, a, a BCT, a, a basic training type of course, or is that a little bit different, almost like the OCS program or ROTC? I think it's more like ROTC. So when you, when I say take the oath, technically you're in the inactive reserve when you're in medical school. And so you have a stipend and you go to school and then six weeks a year you go off and you do a rotation similar to the way other medical students would, but usually do that at a military facility. So you have to wear the uniform, do a PT test and and that sort of thing. So you do that and then after your second year is when you go to your uh, officer basic course because when you when you go in you're going in as a, a second lieutenant and then uh, and then you go on from there so yeah so they take about 300 people a year um, and they go down to San Antonio and that's where your officer basic is those 300 will include dentists nurses psychiatrists social workers so but they're all second lieutenants yeah so, and uh, you know some people say how rough their basic training was, and for me, I'll be honest with you, I loved it. It was it was like a uh, uh, like a, a camping trip, you know. Yeah. I, I really I, I enjoyed it, you know. And and at that point, I was still considered making a career of uh, being in the military. And one thing I didn't tell you, so you know, growing up in suburban New York and then going up to college up in New Hampshire, believe it or not, my undergrad undergraduate degree. I was a geologist before I went to medical school. And then, uh, so doing some of the things that uh, we did during basic, it was, uh, you know, whether it's orienteering, whether it's, you know, repelling, um, that, that was fun, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, uh, and, then, uh, um, and then even when I did my, uh, what they call, uh, they called it the stretch at Dartmouth, but every earth science or geology university is gonna have some type of field experience. And part of mine was I was out here and I mapped a lot of the big horns and and uh, so that that was I remember flying into Billings, you know, over 30 years ago and I can't believe the size, uh, how much that's grown. Yeah. You know, since I've been here, uh, you know, back when I was in college and but um, yeah, no, it was a great experience and then uh, so I think that's what really made it a whole lot easier that transition to the military. You know, I'm used to being outside and. Uh, used to find myself on a map or a compass and and uh, I remember when we did that officer basic class they you know in the army they do this rudimentary you know orienteering class and and then I hadn't done it in, in a number of years when I was in med school and 
So then uh, we set out to do this, and this is down in San Antonio. So I went to college in New England, and then you come out here, and on a map, you know, you can look at the biggest mountain, and then it's okay, that's where I am on this map, you know. And down in San Antonio, it's rolling hills and a lot of erosion channels, so it's a little <laughs> more difficult to have the basic orientation to find out where you are. But but we went ahead and. Um, and he had to find three points during the day and and a point would be identified with something like a letter or a number on a post in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere and um so I went and did that and when I was finishing up I remember coming in and they were setting up like a finishing line so to speak and so I go in and I said hey I think I'm done and and they said oh you can't be done and I said no I feel pretty confident I think these are the three points and they took a look at it and they're like how did you do this and I told them I was a geologist before I went to med school you know so then uh, at night they pair you up and and you 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 know so people don't get lost you go two at two at a time and and you just had two points to find at night and and uh so he went off, and I, I told the guy I was going with, the guy that came in second, I said, hey, look, I'm going to run this thing. I want to get to bed before anybody else. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and he said, yeah, he wanted to do that too. So then uh, you know, he, I said, oh, you get the first point, I'll get the second point. We did it, we finished. And then, and I'm not sure if you've been down to San Antonio or Camp Bullis. It's basically uh, northeast of San Antonio, just outside the, the inner beltway. And, and there's a place there called Fiesta, Texas. It's like a great adventure or an amusement park. So, and it's right next to Camp Bullis. Well, at night they put on a laser show. So that night, you know, I finished well before everybody else, and I knew people were going to be coming into the barracks and making noise. So, so I just laid down in the field and watched this laser show that was going on in this amusement park. And then the next day I woke up, and that's when I realized what what chiggers were. And <laughs> So, uh, yeah, oh. we, did, we didn't have those in New England. So, and they got you in yeah. the middle of the night. They yeah. got you. Oh, that's rough. Did you end up doing a deployment? Yeah, I deployed a number of times. So, um, so I started off at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then after that, then went out to Hawaii, Tripler, Hawaii. It's a tough assignment, but somebody has to do it. So, we were there for three years, you know, and then while we were there. Deployments while I was in Hawaii were Fiji, Guam, New Zealand. Those were short, scheduled rotations, usually to um, support the local communities and win the hearts and minds. You know, give out a lot of humanitarian sort of effort. Yeah, yeah. And then once I came back to the mainland, I went to Fort Polk, and that was, um, you know, 9/11 happened, and then uh, um, so we didn't deploy until February of '03. Uh, you know, they, we deployed in January. We invaded in, in, in the end of February, beginning of March. And then, um, so it was the first deployment. Then I came back, and I was back a, sh uh, a short time, and then deployed again. And uh, the first time I was down in Camp Arifchan, which is in Kuwait, and then just over the border in Talil, which is the southern part of Iraq. And then the second deployment, I was in Mosul. So uh, um, first time I was with the field hospital, and believe it or not, as a primary care doctor, I ran a 20-bed a, a ICU. Um, and then uh, when I went back the second time, primary care or family medicine falls under, emergency medicine falls under family medicine in the, in, in the Army. So the second time I deployed as a trauma doctor, and that's when I was in Mosul yeah. at a combat support hospital. Yeah, so. I, I was up in uh, Mosul for a little while. It was one of our stops that we usually had to, had to make. And uh, you and I were in Fort Polk at the same time. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. I used to, Heck of a place, right? Yeah, yeah. So our, our, our oldest was born there, and, and uh, Casey and I, uh, um, 
I don't think it's changed. I don't think it's changed since Vietnam. I don't know? think it so, has. And uh, um, I used to tell people, and maybe you could tell tell me what you think that it's not quite uh, it's not quite hell, but you could see the flames from. There. Absolutely <laughs> right. All you got to do is open up the door. Yeah. Yep, and you can see it from your uh, your barracks. We, we were put in the old World War II barracks, and yeah. you could see where they pulled the quarantine signs yeah. down, and uh, they were up on those stilts. And oh my goodness, when it would rain really hard, <laughs> that place would flood. And uh, everything would get backed up through the pipes. So, yep, I'm, I'm glad I can look at someone else and experience this together, go through some old memories. Now, uh, just one last question. i got to uh, go to a commercial break, but what do you like to do in your free time? You're, you did all this outdoor stuff. You know the bighorns fairly well. Do you like to get up there still? Yeah, yeah, and I'm for, we haven't had as much chance to get up there um, as I would like. Um, as you as you know, with uh, with children, you end up getting busy with their schedules, and you know we spend a lot of time running around with our kids, whether it's uh, soccer, volleyball, jumping horses. Um, so we keep pretty busy with that, and uh, I can't believe it. I mean, it goes by so quickly. My our oldest, Casey, will be going into her last year down in Laramie, and then our youngest will be finishing up out at Bighorn this year. So, uh, wow. Yeah, so they're getting older, but I'm not. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We will talk more with Dr. Christopher Pryor from the Sheridan Memorial Hospital's Primary Care Clinic right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Resource Council is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Moss Holders is ready to help you update your living room, TV room, or sitting room. Now through Saturday, every piece of living room upholstery is on sale. So whether you're wanting a reclining sofa, a bigger sectional, or leather accent chairs, Moss Holders can help. Choose from great American-made companies like Flexsteel, England Furniture, Southern Motion, Vintage Leather, or more. Take home your favorite in-stock sofa or order in a customized set. It's all on sale. Moss Holders Living Room Upholstery Sale ends this Saturday. Moss Holders. Furniture is our passion. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Hey there, folks. Is your water well just not the well you want? Feeling like you're stuck in a drought? You tired of waiting for water like it's a slow-moving turtle? Well, lift your head up high and take a walk in the sunshine. Call 307 Wildcat Well Service, and they'll have water flowing like a river. They know where the good water is and how to drill for it. If your current well is leaving you high and dry, Google 307 Wildcat Well Service for water. Cool, clear water. 
water. Are you looking for a realtor to assist you in buying your dream home? Or maybe you are looking for a versatile agent to help you navigate through your listing and selling process. This is Katie Losey, and I would love to be that agent for you. I have been part of several real estate transactions, ranging from residential home sales, lots and land, as well as listing and selling farm and ranch properties. Please give me a call today at 307-351-3043 so I can assist you in the next chapter of your real estate journey. Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Did you know the Country Bounty is online at ShedaMedia.com? That's right. You always have access to the Country Bounty. The print version of the Bounty is still delivered to homes and businesses in Sheridan County and Buffalo, but you can also view it from your phone, tablet, or computer simply by going to ShedaMedia.com or CountryBounty.com. You'll be able to scroll through the entire publication. Click on inserts and more. Try it out. ShedaMedia.com or CountryBounty.com. It's in the palm of your hand. The Country Bounty. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guest this morning is family medicine doctor, Dr. Christopher Pryor from Sheridan Memorial Hospital's primary care clinic. In the first part, we discussed a little bit about the doctor's background, his upbringing and service to the country. Doc, uh, were you still with the Army when you started to work with the Department of Defense? No, no. Actually, I, uh, I got out of the Army, separated in 2006, and at that time, my, my in-laws were living down in Colorado, so we decided to move to Colorado, and, and when we were down there, we lived down in Castle Rock, and for, we were there for about seven years, and I ran a bunch of urgent cares and uh, opened up a number of urgent care clinics, and now they're all over the place. But back then, they were really set up like standalone emergency departments. And uh, um, so we did that for seven years. And then, and Colorado is a beautiful state. There's no question about it. Um, but for a number of reasons, um, decided that Wyoming may be a better place to raise our family. And we started looking up here for some for some job opportunities and um, uh, stumbled on the, the Sheridan VA. I decided to go back and try to get the federal retirement and go in the federal system. So I was looking at the VAs, and at that time down there in Denver, they were still working on that big VA they built down there. And and um, so I had an opportunity to come up to the Sheridan VA, and I thought this was a nice place to raise a family. So we moved the tribe, and we came up here. And, uh, and I worked over at the Sheridan VA for six years. And... Um, when we first got there, they did we did both inpatient and outpatient, and then after a couple of years, they switched to a hospitalist type model, the way a lot of, most hospitals do, and and then after that, I went 100% clinic, straight clinic, and after after a while there, I was there for six years. Then I decided that uh, um, I thought that coming over to Sheridan Memorial, um, I may have uh, greater opportunities to take care of uh, patients. I found that there were some shortcomings. Um, with being able to take care of some of the veterans at the VA and switched over to the Memorial Hospital. And, and um, we have a, a lot more team concept. And the way the clinic was set up at the VA, you had basically individual silos, individual teams. So if you were, if you were out on leave or uh, you had a day off, um, you'd come back and you'd have just more work. You know, it, it wasn't much of a, a team concept. What we have over Memorial 
it's one of the biggest uh, uh, practices or medical practices in the in the state of Wyoming. We had 17 providers when we came when I came over. I think now we're 18, 19, and um, when you get that many people to all agree on one thing, that's pretty pretty impressive. And then, so when you do take leave or or you happen to miss work for a day, uh, you have your colleagues to help help out, and that's what what I found over at Memorial. Um, and uh, so I've been here four years now over at Memorial initially at the internal medicine clinic and then we opened up the new clinic down on Gold Street with primary care been there just over a year now and uh, so now we have eight providers down there and uh, we should be getting another one uh, soon so. you know people hear lots of words when it and urgent primary for those who don't know what is primary care that's, uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of different definitions for that. And like I said, I told you about my background. I mean, in family medicine, I had a lot of opportunities in, in the military, and I tried to take advantage of as many as I could. I told you I was an ICU doctor in my first deployment, a trauma doctor in my second deployment. Um, I've been public health. I've been preventive medicine. And like I said, I've had a lot of opportunities. And the way I look at primary care is we do a long-term care um, preventative care. Um, some primary care providers can specialize in certain areas, but essentially we're cradle to grave, uh, long-term care with the patient, getting to know the family and help them through some of those decision processes. We do have to work with our specialists um, and we try to help the patient make the decision help make decisions that the specialist may recommend, that's what I look at as primary care. So that includes both same-day care, chronic conditions um, from cradle to grave. So. so basically, our family doctors. Correct. I mean, uh, out there with the Gladstone bag and, and the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the old uh, cart and buggy, right? Yeah. Uh, now, when, when it comes to um, how much you've actually seen in the medical field and the things that you have done, is it the strong family background and that, that desire uh, that you had to help take care of family that really led you to kind of decide, you know, primary care is where I want to be as opposed to specializing in something or, or, or pursuing, you know, care within a very specific category like cancer or something like that. Would you say that that's where that drive came from? I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, when I was a, a, a resident, my um, my my boss he uh, he was a family physician, and he was in uh, Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down. Oh wow! So, um, and from his experiences and 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 teaching me during my residency, I really found myself in the army where I was going to be in a situation where I'm going to be practicing medicine from the back of a truck, and you better figure it out. You know, so. Yeah. So when it came time for certain procedures um, that may need to get done, as um, as he found himself in, I realized that I may soon find myself that way, and I better get get good at these procedures. I did my residency out at, at Tripler uh, Army Medical Center out there in Hawaii, so uh, essentially a thousand bed facility. So it's similar to Walter Reed. So we're competing with the same residency, same patients that. Um, any major medical center would have. Um, in my spare time, like when I was on call for family practice, if I wasn't doing 
OB doing a delivery. I'd be down in the emergency department trying to take advantage of whatever came in. If a person needed a spinal tap, do the spinal tap. They needed a bone set, set the bone. Um, preparing for when I got out, got out of my residency and and prepare for my deployments. I mean, at that time, we didn't know that 9-11 was going to happen, but it did, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, so I went off in the Army and and um, took advantage of as much training as I could. And I'll be honest with you, if they dropped me out of a plane, I could practice medicine. So when you ask about special, specialty care, um, obviously I found myself in situations where there wasn't anybody else around and I was the specialist. Yeah. So. Um, when I was in Mosul, my boss, uh, Colonel Fickey, he, uh, now he is the chief of staff at, at Johns Hopkins, and I still keep in touch with him. He, um, he was the head of orthopedics, and, and he had offered me an orthopedic residency. I had done a fellowship in primary care sports medicine at Uniformed Services University in Beth- Bethesda, Maryland, uh, for, a, uh, for a year. And um, so when I deployed, I ended up doing a lot of orthopedic procedures. Most of that time in Mosul, we would do external fixation devices. So uh, as a non-surgeon performing surgery, I would go in those surgeries with a lot of times with an obstetrician or with a urologist. And my understanding of the of the orthopedic standpoint and their understanding of the surgery, that's how we would do those procedures. Um, when I got out, there wasn't that many opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> for for something like that, and then uh, so that's how I gravitated towards running those urgent cares that I talked about down in Colorado. I moonlighted a lot, and and so that kept a lot of my procedure skills up when I was down there. Once I moved up to Wyoming, I decided I wasn't going to mo- moonlight anymore, and I just wanted to spend my spare time with my family. A lot of work, my goodness. I mean, a lot of training, and then just I mean, a lot of that is self motivated. Well, like I said, I think. I always looked at it being able to take care of my family, yeah. and I do think that medicine in itself um, is a ministry, and uh, and my family has had to sacrifice a lot. Um, I've had to sacrifice a lot as a result of it, but it's been a rewarding career. I mean, even those deployments, um, you know, it was a, a long, and that's one of the reasons why I got out. I mean, basically, I told you about those two big deployments, but basically every other year I was deployed, so those two big ones were gone for over a year. My other deployments were shorter, but still every other year I was away from my family. So the advantage is I didn't have to change a lot of diapers. The disadvantage <laughs> is that uh, my wife Suzanne uh, did, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so then as the kids got older, I realized that, you know, that's what was more important for me. And, and even though I was offered an orthopedic spot, I don't love being in the operating room. I love being in the exam room. And uh, and uh, so that's what I told Colonel Ficke. I was like, no, I'm going to, I think it's time for me to, to step away from the military. And, and because of the deployments, because of what I had done, I was way ahead of my peers. And people were very surprised that, hey, how come you're stepping away? And I was like, it's for my family. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they would have expected you, well, yeah. move up in rank and yeah. go head up some clinic somewhere or head up a division somewhere. Well, that was the, that's the next step. And, and I was fortunate what I had done I was able to stay clinical as long as I did, you know, but as you know, the next step is you end up becoming an administrator and you end up, uh, like I said, taking over a division, being a division surgeon or something like that. And now you guide policy and not set bones. Correct. I mean, kind of, you live long enough that they kind of pull you out of the field. Yeah. Uh, And and 
<clears throat> we, we end up losing a lot of great soldiers to the desk. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing and that I had, I did yeah. learn. And I'll be honest with you, you'll see the same thing in, in, in medicine now. I mean, obviously medicine has changed a lot and accelerated change in the last couple of years. Um, you see a lot of burnout and, and I think a lot of that is that, yeah, it's the amount of patients, but it's the, uh, inability because you have to see so many patients, the inability to make that connection with those, with those patients. And that's what, that's the, you know, uncompensated. That's the, that's why you keep doing what you're doing is because you have those relationships and people depend on those relationships. Um, and that's just the way medicine is going these days. So, but, uh, but that's the most fulfilling part of my career is those relationships. And that is, that is exactly what primary care is. Uh, you're the one who I think of when something goes wrong. You're the one if uh, something happens with the family member. I'm going to my family doctor. They, he knows us. She knows us. They can look back through our history without having to ask too many questions. And, and knowing family history is, is so vital. Uh, in medicine. Uh, I, I was up at the VA and forgot to tell them that my father suffered from high cholesterol. When somebody else came in and said, hey, have we checked your cholesterol yet because of XYZ, because they knew me from a prior incident, she was upset with me. <laughs> and I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't avoid it on purpose. I just forgot about it. But uh, so now, can you briefly touch on, on the, the services that are offered at primary care uh and w w we're running out of time i've, I've got to go to a commercial real quick I'm, I'm getting the signal so i'm going to go to commercial we'll come back and we'll touch on these services that you can pick up down there at sheridan memorial hospital's primary care i am with dr christopher Pryor, and you're listening to public pulse on 9:30 KROE at 103.9 fm share Are you tired of dealing with complicated bank switches? At First Federal Bank & Trust, we understand that where you bank matters and switching to the right bank should be a breeze. Introducing ClickSwitch, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct deposit transfers. With ClickSwitch, we automatically move your recurring direct deposits from your old account to your new account. It's simple, safe, and takes just minutes. When you bank with First Federal, you're not just a customer, you're a valued member of the community. We take pride in living and working right alongside you, contributing to the growth of our local economy. First Federal Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you are looking for your new Wyoming home where breathtaking mountain views meet city conveniences, then look no further than Sheridan's newest development, Riverstone Park. Premier builders Stone Mill and Cascade Dwellings have new homes under construction that are waiting just for you. Located near the new North Main Interchange, Riverstone Park boasts paved streets and full city amenities, making your daily life a breeze. Specializing in new construction single-family homes, Jenny Redinger is your real estate expert. Contact her today at yournewwyomminghome.com. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating, and as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. 
Kendrick's Bar and Grill at the Kendrick Golf Course is more than just a pretty place. Enjoy our incredible pub menu seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. We can cater your lunch party for business or pleasure. Enjoy the best burgers and sandwiches in town. Come in every Sunday starting at 7 a.m. till noon and enjoy a scenic, delicious brunch complete with spiked mimosas and our famous House Blenny Marys. And every Friday for the best fish fry in the state. Remember, dollar off dress for happy hour Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m., where you can try our specialty cocktail, The, the Transfusion. Kendrick's Bar and Grill. More than just a pretty place. It's the captain here with Captain Clean. Professional carpet cleaning is our expertise. All of us clean our bed sheets and dirty clothes routinely, but why not our carpets? It's gross. Even if you take your shoes off, your carpets are always getting dirty. Just call the captain for your 100% free estimate or to schedule your next carpet cleaning. Captain Clean, 672-0726. Affordable options for healthy living. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. August is back to school, and it's time for parents to celebrate and treat themselves. Parents deserve that. Why not treat yourself to our great end-of-season deals? All dirt bikes, ATVs, and side-by-sides have been discounted just for you. Is financing available? Yep. Can-Am extended their 1.99% financing through the month of August. And because it's back to school, when you purchase a new Power Sport, you'll get a $100 gift card to Foot of the Bighorns and Sports Stop. Visit Sheridan Power Sports and purchase your new off-road vehicle today. Welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there and First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. My guest this morning is family medicine doctor, Dr. Christopher Pryor from Sheridan Memorial Hospital's Primary Care Clinic. Specializing in family medicine means that your office gets to see a bunch of little ones. Uh, they're back to schools just around the corner. Uh, I heard that some classes, uh, and so at least a kindergarten class, is really doing orientations already today. So much to the dismay and the excitement of the kiddos, Doc, what should parents and students be aware of as we prepare to head back to school? Well, one thing that I always... Uh get ready to see a lot of when we go back to school just like you have new backpacks you have new pens new pencils um unfortunately you will get some new pink eyes and yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh in august and september we'll see those and then we'll probably see an outbreak of some some strep pharyngitis going around um so a lot of the same things that we tell people is don't share glasses and glasses and drinks with people um uh, wash your hands. Uh, those are the basics on those, and and keep on the lookout for and if the kids get some of those symptoms, and may want to try to keep them away from some of the other kids. And make sure they're not stealing their toothbrush or stealing their uh, silverware. Um, and then uh, those are kind of the ones that we typically see going back. Also, this time of year, you're going to start. Uh, say no, no. Now we got to get the get the child. We got to get him a sports physical, or we got to get him a physical back to school. And then you find out, hey, now we thought this was going to be a quick visit. Now we need shots. And and uh, <laughs> and uh, um, if you don't find out in August or September, soon after that, uh, eventually you get a phone call from your the nurse at the school saying, hey, uh, he's due for some shots. So uh, so that that's what we expect in the fall to to see a lot of and down here on gold street we do have same da access for those that need to get them done so the children get their practices in uh, for the high schoolers a lot of them have already started um, but middle school uh, that's what we're going to start seeing now 
And then, uh, and then the elementary school, like I said, once school starts, pink eyes, strep throat, get shots. Okay. It's kind of the basic uh, rule uh, and, and something that you know, especially being a big family and then also serving in the service. You know, you get a bunch of people together, whether they be children or adults, and things begin to spread. It's just the natural occurrence of viruses. Uh, it, it, what would you say that folks should uh, uh, come in and kind of ask for? Or is that a situation where you look down in the records and say, okay, little Johnny needs one of these, we got to get him one of those, and then uh, get it to him and out the door? Yeah, so for the shots, we have the wire, which is the way in Wyoming we keep track of um, immunizations and then the people that come from out of state we usually ask for them to get a shot record or their previous medical record and then pretty quickly we could determine what what shots are needed and occasionally we need to switch the uh, manufacturer or the type of vaccine but um, we have all those available down in the clinic and um, so those are pretty easy uh, I mean the shot part is I think a pretty easy routine I think the preventative stuff is to look to make sure we're not missing anything so and talk to the family say hey you know how's the hearing how's the vision um is he complaining of headaches is he not doing his chores uh those are some of the things that we start saying hey we got to start looking at are we missing something here because we want them to be successful in school we don't we don't want them to stand out at all um and that's uh one of the big focuses during those um pre-participation or doing those sports physicals the other is hey what could they do safely um, I consider every person I see, whether they're 99 or they're nine months old, um, this person's going to be an athlete, and we got to prepare them for that. And, yeah. uh, so, and a lot of times it's tough to find out what they can do um, when the person has severe asthma and they have uh, other comorbid diseases. Well, we got to find an activity that they can do, and we got to keep them active. Um, so that's what we'll be focusing on in those those sports physicals and pre-participation physicals the shots i think is a pretty easy um easy thing to do schools have their required shots those are uh, you know out there well well in the public there are some people that have apprehensions about some of the shots and those are a case-by-case basis and that's the way they should be uh, addressed yeah. Uh, so. yeah now when it comes to um um looking at same-day access what do you mean by same-day access so when a child has a you know a pink eye or um, an adult has a cough or uh, they're having sinus tenderness and these things haven't gotten better um, and they just can't take it anymore that's when we want to have same-day access we want to get them seen when they need to be seen yeah okay when I was down in Colorado, I ran a bunch of urgent cares, and that's predominantly what we did. So incidental care, a person comes in, they got one problem, and they get one treatment, and, and, and then they're out the door. Um, and we do do that down here on Gold Street in, in primary care, but we also do the chronic care. So where a person comes in, and more often than not, they come in for their diabetes or their thyroid or their cholesterol, and, oh, by the way, I've had this... Um, ear pain for you know four or five days or I've had a uh, cough for a week you know I've had sinus tenderness for a week and so we see a lot of that too but same day access is uh, I um, I got cut I need to get a tetanus shot yeah come on in let's get the tetanus shot done today or uh, you know I think I got something in my eye 
uh, let's come in and let's take let's get it taken care of today that's not something that we want to sit on so that's uh, what i mean by same day access and a lot of people might think you know the the idea of primary care is so valued in in our community um and whether that be a cultural thing or, or whatever it doesn't matter but you know that family doctor ideal is something that people really enjoy around here and so they might think well primary care i'm sure is absolutely jam-packed right, now i understand you guys are busy down there but this same day access this can happen for anybody right yeah we try to create same day access so we have nurses that will triage and say hey is this something that needs to be seen today or you know then we can we reschedule another time and give an appointment um, those ones where they're uncertain, that's when they come to the providers and uh, we make a determination. Uh, we need to see it today or, hey, if, if uh, that's something that shouldn't be seen in primary care, for instance, you may have had a stroke or, or you're having chest pain, then uh, that will send you to the emergency department. Okay, um, But if it's those things that we talked about, I, uh, you know, I got a cut, I got... Uh, I got a cough that's been going on for three or four days. I got sinus tenderness. Say, so, yeah, let's bring you in. Let's get you, you know, get you taken care of. And if you need medicine, get you on medicine. If you don't need medicine, let's give you some advice about what you do to make yourself better and then get back to work. Okay. Now, with Sheridan Memorial Hospital, their internal communications, uh, transferring, you know, different locations, different uh, departments, being able to share those records amongst each other. W what is that like you know, is that a stark contrast in the private sector as it was to uh, working for yeah, VA or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, certainly when I was down in Colorado um, running those urgent cares, you didn't have access to a lot of those things. So when you had a person who was having a hypertensive urgency or emergency in the urgent care, well, you may not have access to what medicines they were on or what they've been tried in the past. And so here at Sheridan Memorial, I mean, I don't think people realize the health care that we have here at a, basically a community hospital, how we have two interventional radiologists, two interventional cardiologists. We have, what, four or five surgeons now. Um, we have OBGYN. We have audiology, physical therapy. Um, I mean, it, it is amazing that we have all these services in a community hospital. Well, I have access to all their records. So in addition to your urology and dermatology. So, I mean, it's, uh, and rheumatology now. So uh, um, that's something you don't have before. So when it comes time when I see somebody that, you know, happens to have a, a rash that they just, they can't explain it, whether it's laundry detergent or whatever, and then you find out that they have certain medicines that are on from the rheumatologist, then you say, hey, look, you know, this may not be, a poison ivy. This may not be an allergic reaction towards the new body wash that you're using. This may be a reaction from some of the medicines that you're taking. And then you call that specialist and say, hey, this is what's going on. Or if you're uncertain, I call Dr. Robin's office and say, hey, can, can you see this person? I'm concerned that it could be a reaction to the medicine or it could be something else. Can you get it, get them in? And, um, and it's been fantastic. I mean, even our, our ophthalmologist here in town, it's been great. You know, I could call any one of them and, and get somebody seen. So when I don't know what, not sure what's going on with the eye. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And I think it is one of those situations where we as the general public might not realize how good we've really got it uh, with with all these great, uh, you know, medical providers right here in our own community and a, and a 
installation, a single installation and able to communicate all that information. You're coming from a background where you've been in some pretty remote situations, having to kind of do a lot of guesswork, uh, you know, now educated guesswork, but, but still sometimes you're looking at going, well, I got to get it fixed and I've got nothing else but myself, you know, so I'm just going to go ahead and get it done. That's got to be like a breath of fresh air. Yes. Yes. It's, it makes it, it makes it a whole lot easier to sleep at night too. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the 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 level of care that you're able to provide is is you know I'm not going to say night and day because you did what you had to do when you were there. So, but now uh, I'm running out of time. But I do want to touch on this clinic texting, uh, and this is now available. What is this? Well, that's just an, an, another service that we offer. I, I do encourage patients to get involved with the portal. They could see the notes when I finish them. They could see their lab results and imaging results the, the same time I get them. Oh, that's and then fantastic. when it comes to texting, that's another way that they can communicate with us, whether they uh, need to cancel the appointment or postpone the appointment or make another appointment. Or as I did yesterday, a person wanted to see a certain specialist and they weren't sure who it was. And I was ready to refer them, and I said, okay, well, why don't you just go home, speak to your family, decide where you want to go, and let me know, and then I'll send the consult there. And that's the way they responded to me, sent me a text. So um, it works out pretty seamlessly. So that's, that's amazing to think that I can just text my doctor the decision that I've made when I got to the house. Yep. I mean, it seems almost unrealistic, you know, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, the day and age of, you know, having to go in, make an appointment, wait a couple hours, get in there just to say yes or no. That's gone. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just a, a fantastic service. I mean, there's so many time, ways that we use technology nowadays to separate our, ourselves from the personal touch. And that, like I said, that's what is the important part of being in the exam room. So now being able to communicate some of that information back and forth, um, at, at, that's certainly been a, a major plus. And when I talk about well, some of the enjoyments of medicine, that's the enjoyments of medicine is being able to communicate that way. Being able, well, like you said, being able to lay your head down in the middle of the night and know <laughs> I did the right thing and I, everyone who needed to be involved got involved. Now, sir, I've only got about one minute left. Uh, what else would you want folks to know just real quick about the clinic? Um... Uh, basically that when you come in down the gold street you have a team of providers taking care of you um although you see that one provider god forbid if they're not available um, they're going to go to one of the other providers there and uh, that's an invaluable service um when uh when you you need the care that you need uh, you should think about the primary care clinic down there on gold street um, for whether it's immunizations like this month is national immunization month uh, whether it's preparing for school or whether it's preparing for a surgery or preparing for some other in- incredible uh, medical decision that you have to make. Most of the time, we've been there before and have made that decision and helped people make that decision before. So that's why you should be considering the Gold Clinic primary care. Doctor, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to come in and speak with us today. I want to thank you for your service to your country, sir. And I want to uh, um, thank you for your service to our brother and sister veterans as well. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared.
First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Potter River Basin Resource Council is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Our paint department is stocked up and ready to get you going on your exterior painting projects. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. Now's the time, too. We're excited to help you with your exterior painting and staining projects. We have true value in PPG paints and stains, many exciting options and color combinations for your outside project. Come see us. Great paint, great store. The Sheridan Commercial Company and office supply store at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. The Y.O. Theater celebrates the 100th anniversary of the opening of the original Lotus Theater with a performance of the Y.O.'s new Vaudevillians, Friday, August 25th at 7 p.m. This event will feature the new Vaudevillian band, accompanying an impressive cast of local talent, performing a variety of acts from comedy and magic to singing and dancing. There'll be giveaways and fun the entire evening. Tickets are available today at the Y.O. Box Office or online at yotheater.com. Looking for a taste that'll take you to new heights? Well, look no further than Frackleton's mouthwatering mushroom risotto. Plump, savory mushrooms, perfectly sautéed and blended, and kissed with that touch of Parmesan. Each spoonful is a journey into pure culinary bliss. Whether it's a romantic evening or a delightful lunch, Frackleton's mushroom risotto is a star of the show. Join us and elevate your dining experience today. Frackleton's, where every bite tells a story. Your taste adventure awaits. Book your table now and savor the magic. Summer heat continues that means warm weather road trips you're ready but is your car ready will your tires survive hot weather driving if not midas has a hundred dollar rebate on name brand tires like cooper hancock nexon nito and toyo how's your vehicle's air conditioning not so cool no worries midas works on all ac systems new or old including the most recent yf freon systems getting and keeping you safely on the road for your summer travels see midas tire and auto in sheridan where has the summer gone? School starts at the end of this month. Let me help you get ready. Hi, this is Mandy Coltisco with Century 21 BHJ Realty, inviting you to enter my back to school sweepstakes on Sheridan Media. It's your chance to win $250 in chamber bucks. You can buy clothing, merchandise, and supplies all from local retailers. Enter the back to school sweepstakes presented by Mandy Coltisco with Century 21. Enter every day through August 16th at SheridanMedia.com. 